We're now on to episode six of our WNL show previews. And today we're delighted to be joined by the DLR pairing of Graham Kelly, the manager, and assistant John Sullivan. Lads, thanks for coming along. Thanks, Aaron. No problem at all. Thanks for having us on. I guess we'll start a little bit about uh, pre-season. It's been extended. It's been it's been interesting for us all. How have you both found the whole situation going along with having to start pre-season, nearly get the t- players focused and peaking, and then having to break and go again? Yeah, it's look. It's been different, obviously, Aaron. Um, we're probably really lucky that you know we have John with us, who's a personal trainer and he's an expert in that field. So. During the lockdown, we kept the girls going with individual plans and with two Zoom calls a week. So we're lucky that John came in, and not just from his football knowledge, but from his physical fitness knowledge as well, which was a great plus for us. How have you found it, John, working with the girls, especially considering a lot of the stuff, as Graham said, would have been through the likes of Zoom? Um, again, whether it's through Zoom or in person, the girls have shown great attitude. Um, and that's the, that's a phenomenal receiving you get from them. you know their their attitude is it's amazing whether it's zoom or on the pitch or in the gym they're open they're they're ready to work and it's it's amazing for us and again as coaches you couldn't ask for you couldn't ask for anymore a lot of people be more familiar with yourself um john being a league of ireland player i was only reading there i didn't be, I didn't realize you were you're roughly around the same age as myself i thought you i thought you were potentially a little bit older like you stopped playing quite young. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like how 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 did how did the coaching book? Because normally it takes a little, sometimes it takes a bit of time for players when they stop at a high level to before they go into coaching. How did you get the coaching book? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I always was interested in how coaches work, and you know, from working with coaches, uh, mainly like Graham, who are very very good at what they do. And again, you're a player, you wonder, you know. Where did you grasp this knowledge? And there's only so many questions as a player you can ask because you don't want to be, you don't want to fill your own mind with too much information as a player. Um, and I was, I don't know, I was just very interested in, in coaching and how it works, and not so much playing as I just thought playing has to end eventually, whereas coaching doesn't so much. And let's call this better, this better. I wasn't one of the best players, and the younger ones were coming up behind me to get a game, so I was like, really, I better leave this step and join a new one. I think you're doing yourself a, a master's credit, and I'd say Graham would agree with me when, yes, you, when you're doing yourself. A, I, I love that about the players. They always underrate themselves and say, I, I wasn't as good as I was. Like, considering you had a long spell, you know, quite a long spell in the league, you know, everybody knew you from, from playing in the league, whether it be with the likes of Bray, Galway. You had spells with a lot of clubs. Like, I don't, I don't agree with you when you say you were just, you, I actually thought you were quite a good player when you were playing the league. Uh, thank you, thank you. Maybe I am underestimating underestimating myself but what truthfully was I was very interested in coaching and um, I guess I always have been and when you're a player and you're trying to coach other players while you should be just playing you're more of a pain in the ass to some coaches and that's what I didn't want to be so I was like you know I guess I have to delve into the world of coaching. Graham just on obviously the relationship between yourself and John yeah. first you had him as a player and now you have yeah. him as, a, as, a, as an assistant. <laughs> I first met John, believe it or not, when he was only 16. Um, that's gone back a few years. We won't say how many. But I was actually uh, looking after a DDSL squad and, and John was in it. And like, what a tough squad. You had Richie Tell, Connor Clifford, Jack Dunning, you know, Carl Shepard, you could go on. And what an humble 
an unbelievable age group to work with. And that's where I first met John. And, and then when I got involved with Bray, John had just signed back. So, um, look, as a player, I think John was very good. He was being modest there, you know, but he, he was a top player. Played at some top clubs here and in Scotland. Um, and last the last time with Bray, when I got the, care, the caretaker gig, John was injured. Um, and he, he was always around and it was very frustrating for him. And I asked him, would he give a dig out with training, you know, just to keep him involved? Because I, I know, you know, mentally it was tough for him, you know, not being able to play. So but that's where the relationships are building from. And even when I left Bray, then we sort of always kept in touch with the odd text message back and forward to each other. And by coincidence, I met him at the Shells and Piedmont game last season, the midweek game. And what a cracking game of football. And we just we had a chat then. Um, I sort of knew John McLean was finishing up at that stage. So I knew I wanted to bring someone else in. And I, I mentioned to John, we met up for a bit of lunch then. Uh, and put it to him what my plan and what my vision was for DLR and the ways and going forward. And thankfully, he accepted and, and he's been a massive plus to us. He's been a massive plus to the club, but obviously with the squad because um, the girls have really bought into what he brings and, and he brings a whole lot more than just physical fitness to the team. You know, he's a really good coach as well. So it's it's been good. Just to turn, just like even on that, like um you did mention John McLean there. He gave the club he gave the club not even just when it was with DLR but also UCD Waves. He spent a lot of time there. Big presence to replace. Yeah, he was. Um he knows the women's game more so and it was the big thing for me last season taking over I didn't know the women's game you know I didn't know the players in the league I didn't know the opposition and Johnny's knowledge is second to none you know he's around the women's game a long long time um, and, and we, we had had a chat through the season and he had, he had informed me that he obviously what commitments and he was travelling up from Kenny it was a big pressure on him um, and, and I knew I needed to replace him with someone who would fill them shoes as you say big shoes to fill um, and, and John's been ideal. He, he's came in and he's been brilliant. The, the girls have really bought into what he does. And as a group, myself, John, Dara, Ave, and, and Tinzo, the goalkeeper coach, we work really well, you know. And, and I'm lucky because every manager will tell you, you know, you have to have a good backroom staff. And right now, I have a really good backroom staff. John, talk to me a little bit about training on the pitch with the girls. They're always, one thing I always find with girls is they're, they're a wealth of knowledge and they love to to delve into what other coaches have in terms of questions. They love to ask and they love to get the information out of you. You enjoying that side of it, showing what you've learned? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I don't know whatever you could just say girls or boys, but I think that what you're looking to say is people who are interested in uh, progressing themselves. And, you know, when you when you put those terms, that's our, that's our bunch. The girls are they're definitely interested in progress and ability um, physically and Mentally, um, and again, as a coach, it's, it's unbelievable to work with them, especially on the pitch. They come up every session with different questions and different scenarios, and it's amazing. And like I was saying, the comparison of playing, coaching for me is well more enjoyable, especially with working with Graham, the other coaches, but many of the girls. Like they push you literally beyond places you thought you'd be pushed. Like you're going home scratching your head thinking, ask oh, Graham, this got to come up with this scenario, how to be. Um, give X, Y, or Z the answer to the question that they asked earlier. Um, but again, it's it's phenomenal, and I'm only in what seven months and two pre-seasons. <laughs> um, and again, it's very enjoyable, but it's extremely challenging. The women's game—they always say once you get into it, you get hooked. 
I agree totally. Uh, it, it's funny. I, I only met Pearl slightly this morning, you know, and and we were having a laughing a joke because obviously we played last night and Pearl scored against us. Um, and as you was you were just saying about the women's game, and, and I was saying like without being disrespectful before being involved in it, I wouldn't have known anything about it. Um, but now being involved in it and, and seeing the quality that's in the league and just working with the players because it's like sponges, they just keep looking for information, you know, and especially tactically, you're working on certain things and they just want to know, where should I go? Should I go here? Should I go there? And like John said, they're constantly questioning you. You're constantly coming up with different formations, different tactics, and, and it's brilliant. It's just so enjoyable, Aaron, and it really is. In terms of the squad itself, like the middle of last season, we've seen you make quite a lot of changes. Have you managed to keep hold of most of the majority of the players that you wanted this season? Yeah, we we haven't lost anyone that we, you know, we're not, not going to say we didn't want to lose. We lost the two O'Keefe's obviously because of the, the travel, you know, so they were coming up with Johnny and Jenny O'Keefe had started a new job and Ali had started as a personal trainer as well. So, so it just wasn't really logistically working out with the two girls, but no, we, we kept everybody really happy with the squad. They're young, they're enthusiastic, they want to learn. Um, and they're just, as we said, like they're really good to work with. And uh, just hopefully we can put on a little bit from last year. Just in terms of last year itself, uh, it, it was a big learning curve for you. One game in particular, I remember watching off you, was, was the loss in Talca Park to Shelburne on the Saturday afternoon late in the season. And you could see how much... Even at that stage, the squad had come on towards your ideas because you you would have changed the style a little bit from the previous manager, and you could see that they were buying into you. They had a massive work rate, like giving yourself more time. It must be on your massive benefit. Yeah, I agree. Um, that game was a great game last year, and we lost one nil in the end. But you know, we took so many positives out of that because we've been beaten heavily earlier on in the season by Shells and Talca Park. So. There was definitely the improvements were there. Again, we're still working. We're a work in progress. Um, are we ready to challenge Shells and Piedmont right now? The yeah, we're not. You know, we have to be honest. Um, but by given the age group of the players we have, the majority of our girls are aged between 18 and 20 years of age, a couple 21. If we can keep that group together for the next two or three years, I definitely think you know that they will be a top top team. I think Rachel Doyle is one of your oldest players, if I'm not mistaken. She is Rachel and Catherine, um, and I think Catherine's only gone 28 and Rachel's 24. So, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> we'll be getting an earful for that one, Aaron. But, um, no, look, they are, and it, I think getting to work with the younger players is just going to teach them the game, you know, and, and that's all we're trying to do. Technically, we're trying to teach them the technical ability is there. We need to start to instill that belief into them of that like, you are good players, you know, go and show how good you are and hopefully we can do that this season Talk to me a little bit about the structure of the club in terms of would yourself and John have much involvement with the 17s would you just train side by side or on the same facilities or the same night would you just have much of an interlink between the two sides yeah there's a big interlink you know with you I would constantly be talking to you um, at the moment we're training in UCD so they come in after us we train first um, and the 17s come in and they train after us then and um, as the season goes on and the weather obviously changes, we'll train side by side on an astro pitch. Um, but th- now there's good communication there. Obviously, like last week, we brought up young Lara Hayden. She's only 15 years of age, and we, we knew we were playing a friendly. We could put her into it, that she wouldn't be intimidated physically. You know, she, she wouldn't struggle too much, and she was excellent. 
Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to give these girls a little taste that, you know, the pathway is now there. If you, you know, if you've shown a bit of promise at 17, we'll take it in, you know, whether it's training or playing in our friendly games and just give them a little taste of what's ahead of them. Like even last Sunday we were training and, and we were really good under 16 MGL squad now. The two lads, Gary and Neil, have put a top team together and we brought forward the under 16s in training with the first team. Um, and again, you, you have kids that are 14 and 15 coming in and, and they just love it, you know, and, and we're just trying to create that in the club. We're trying to create that, you know, we're all together. We're all here to help each other out and try and push on deal our ways as a club. Like Obviously, that was one of the main things that when the change happened from UCD Waves was bringing in the underage sides because maybe that would have, would have lacked in terms of like the 70s league is definitely being good for DLR. Yeah, it has. Um, and our 17s last year was a bit of a transition because you have the likes of Dean Clare and Sean and Carroll and Bobby Downer who were 17s players, but I took along to the first team um, because I just seen that potential in them. And then if you look at Nicole Keogh coming in from Shell 17s, so we, we, again, it just goes to the age bracket, but it was a rebuilding process then for their 17s. And then obviously getting Huey, Huey strong in this season has been brilliant. Huey's fantastic, you know, and uh, really good coach, really good guy, great great way with the girls. Um, and last year we decided we needed a 16s team because where were the players going to come from for the 17s? And that's why we set up the 16s MGL team. John, just in terms of coaching itself on a day-to-day basis, I know with a lot of these restrictions that we have at the moment, a lot of short, a lot of coaching would have to be done in terms of shorter groups. Does that give you a more of a, an opportunity to work on an individual basis with players because you're not having as much big, big opportunities in terms of at times you're not doing say eleven versus eleven drills. You can do three v three or two v two drills. Yeah, well, when the force when the protocols force came out, that's our sessions were based off such scenarios. And again. Um, we couldn't ask for a better coaching group, really, because really, our WhatsApp was, we had everything sent to each other prior to these protocols. So when it came in, we were like, well, we're, we're set up. like." Um, but now that everyone's allowed to play 11 v 11, we've moved on from those protocols. And again, we've just uh, progressed our training sessions. You personally now, Graham has had his first taste of competitive National League games. You must be looking forward to, to, to Galway away in, on the 8th of, 8th of August. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, but to me, that's that's miles away. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's training session. <laughs> you know, that's that's where my mind's at. Galway is another week or two away. Um, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night's training session. You get to see the girls again. I like Graham said, whether 15s come in or 16s come in, the girls are so receptive to anyone who comes into the group. They're so honest, they're hard working, they're amazing to be around. The morale is very good all day, every day. And that's what I'm looking forward to tomorrow. That's why Galway, yes, of course, uh, as coaches are looking forward to it, but sorry, I'm going to the question. I'm more excited for tomorrow's session. It's, it's great to see that, though, because you can even see just looking at yourself here now, you're beaming with the idea that you're training tomorrow. Like, as a player who played at a high level, to be talking about going to do coaching like that, that's absolutely fantastic. And I think that's the sort of thing that we need from not even just uh, coach male coaches, female coaches as well, when they finish playing, it's important that we get more people like that involved and have enthusiasm like you have for the game. But again, I'll go back to the man sitting on the other side of the screen. I probably wouldn't be this enthusiastic if I wasn't working with Grant. That's the truth. You know, we've got to be very grateful for the people that we meet in our lives. Um, and there's one thing that playing football helped me was meeting Grant. That's the truth. 
and as a, as a, as my manager, um, he's very enthusiastic, and like he just mentioned, you know, he wants to take the club to bigger and better. You know, not just the first team, the whole club. So as a coach working with someone like that, you know, it, it's amazing. It really is. Talk to me a little bit about Graham. Still, obviously, you do the personal training stuff, the strength and conditioning stuff with the with the lads. Have you always been an interest in a personal trainer, or was that just when you? When you stopped playing football, or did you get involved with this when you were still playing football? Um, I got involved when I came back from Scotland. Um, I wanted to join some sort of I structure and routine, and I didn't have the college system work, so I joined the fall centre and um, studied fitness instructor. Really enjoyed it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, light bulb! That's how the body works. So if the body works this way, then we'll be trained this way." So I had these like conversations slash debates with tutors and whatever, and it just led from that on, and then. The more I learned, the more I realized I didn't know. And still to this day, that happens. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, whether it was personal training or just understanding the flow to myself as a footballer at the time, but now as a coach. And I'd like to believe it's useful. <laughs> I'd like to believe it's useful. I, 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 even, even me, I spent some time, I've done a sports management course, but like even from writing on sports, it gives you a different perspective because you get to, de- you get to see all the ins and outs of stuff, like even doing stuff for the body, like it, it gives you a different a different knack because you you see people doing something whether it be running mechanics and you're still you know you're looking at this you can see I could get you to go faster if you're doing this or you're doing that so it gives you a, a great understanding of watching sport I feel yeah it's extremely interesting topic and um, it really is like it's it's an open book and it's so many pages that are going to be written every day with new studies um, and anyone whether they're playing or just coaching them I highly recommend just pick a book and start reading. It'd be remiss of me not to mention the two heroes on your side who've been doing some serious work during this global pandemic, um, Sinead Gaynor and Catherine Cronin. Great to see the two girls. They've been getting a bit of spotlight and a bit of press on it. It's great to see that the girls are being highlighted because without people like that, I know what's happening with other clubs with the likes of Kira Grant, Kate Mooney and other clubs in Shelbourne. It's great to see that our, our, our girls in the National League are getting highlighted for the work that they're doing off the pitch as well. Uh, 100% and they should be highlighted and they should be praised because they have the hardest job in the world. You know, the, like, you know, the two girls when the pandemic was really, really strong here, the two girls were probably doing 12, 14 hour shifts and dealing with people that, you know, had the coronavirus. So really tough scenario for them. And to go into and to deal with that, they were still on their Zoom sessions. They were still smiling away. And the two of them, like we, we as you're saying, they got the self praise on their Twitter that they deserve with their their superhero um, pictures. And that's exactly what they are. And like everyone else that's playing in the league, that is a nurse or, or a care worker or work on front line, they're superheroes, and, and it's only well deserved praise. I'd love to know who come up with them uh, pictures because they were superb. <laughs> we won't give anything away here just in case the girls don't like them <laughs> I, thought they were, I thought they were brilliant and, and you know it was, it was a great little thing for them to come into a training session and see something like that Like just just to move on to the league itself this year Graham, obviously we've had a shortening of fixtures, we were supposed to have two rounds of of eight games each and the, the League Cup and the FAI Cup but now we only have one round of games we're going to have a second series which will be a shorter some teams will play four, some teams will play three. And the FAI Cup, I think the overall consensus is we're all just happy to have football. 
Ah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I know not everyone would agree on the format, but I'm like you, Aaron. I just want to get back playing. I want the girls to get back playing. And look, it's not up to us to decide these formats. The FAI are there. They have the job to do. And we just have to get on with the football. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. And whether that's, as you say, when the split, you have an extra three or four games, you know, it's not for us to decide. Only, obviously, we can decide where we finish by our results. But no, really looking forward to the new season. I won't ask just to name your targets this season, but from from listening to what you're saying, although it is still a, a quite inexperienced squad, some experienced players, you'll still be aiming quite high for a, the best possible finish. It won't be just a transition. You'll still be looking to to press on and get the results that maybe you didn't get against some of the sides you deserved last year. Yeah, of course. You know, we um, we have high demands of the girls, as, as the girls have of themselves, you know, and We've nothing to fear going into every game. I know we took one or two heavy defeats last year, but, but that's gone. You know, you put them behind you, you dust yourself down, you learn from them. I learn from them, the girls learn from them. Um, and you can really treat every game as a cup final this season because you're only playing each team once. So what have you got to lose? Yeah. In terms, just that, that's it, and absolutely. And it's great to see, though, one thing that I'm glad the FAI have done is. They've kept the FAI Cup. There was talking the men's and the women's that it wasn't going to be played this year. I thought that would have been a massive shame if it wasn't because it's such a prestigious competition. Like we've seen the UCD Waves there a couple of years ago in the final. Different teams have won it over the last couple of years. Like It's it's great to see that they kept that this year. Uh, definitely. And look, every team goes into that thinking, you know, this is their year. Why not? You know, because um, everyone has a chance to win a cup. We all know that. We've seen it in the men's game. We've seen it in the women's game over the past couple of years. So, you know, it's a dream, but it's a realistic dream. If if you hadn't got involved with women's coaching this year, would you be coaching, do you reckon, this year, or would you have taken a bit of time away? I would have taken time away. Like, I, I absolutely... Like, when I, I seen I wouldn't, you... I wouldn't have... I had no ambition to get involved with any club. Um, that's the truth. When I went out to watch that game that night, thankfully put in the ground. Um, uh, as we're talking about here about the WNL, I was amazed with the standard that I seen. And again, when I seen DLO last year, I was amazed with the standard again. And the only thing I was disgustingly amazed with is that why there's not enough publicity. Because the standard is absolutely phenomenal. It's the top standard in women's football in Ireland. And I'm unbelievably grateful that I'm involved in it. I'd love, I'd love to know how you managed, how you ended up at that game. Uh, I was training, I was training, uh, a client of mine last year was playing and I said, you know what, I definitely must go out and watch because uh, I only ever watched the WNL finals and one or two cup finals and when you're playing, you don't really have time to go watch other teams playing but I just went out and then bumped to the ground and again, I was amazed by the standards and then thankfully, the grandmaster to get involved. Absolutely, Graham. I delighted that you did get someone like John involved because we need more people. We need more people like that. We need more people coming into the league, whether it be not necessarily ex League of Ireland players or ex footballers. We just need more people who have a who have a passion for the sport coming into the game. Yeah, look, we need good people, and there is loads of good people in the women's game, and more good people like John can introduce to the game. And, and like you said, Aaron, I hope actually, you know. Like me and John spent all day Saturday. We went down to watch Galway and Shells. Then we stopped off at a lunch and went to watch Pima and the Cork. And, and that's effectively your day off. But you just want to watch football and you know you're going to watch quality teams and quality players. So 
it's definitely uh, it's great to get John in and as I say anyone else like Ave Hall has came in as well and, and Ave's a young coach and she's learning um, but again really enthusiastic she wants to learn you know and obviously I have her there Dara has experience in the women's game before and he was in with us last year as well so as I said to you before having a great backroom team helps you as a manager I can't ask for any more of what we have Absolutely lads I won't take, I won't take any more of your time but I wish you the best of luck this season and I will catch up with you real soon during the season and thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Aaron. Keep up the great work around the game. Well done. Thank you.